Just thinking about Jesus being born in a stable or perhaps even in a cave with smelly, noisy animals around doesn't remind me of a silent or peaceful night. That night had to be super stressful for Joseph as he walked from house to house looking for a place not just to sleep, but for Jesus to be born. No doctor, nurse, or urgent care in Bethlehem. How could, oh yeah. How could any baby, let alone Jesus, the Son of God, be born in a town that was crowded with many people, frantically looking for a place for their family to find rest? All Joseph heard as he was searching for a room was, sorry, no room. Sorry, all beds are being used. Sorry, the Airbnb has already been booked on Wheat Bread Avenue because Bethlehem means house of bread. But isn't that just the point? We need peace when our days are not peaceful. I hope this scripture will help you find peace in your world too. John 14, 27 says, I leave my peace with you. I give my peace to you. I do not give it to you as the world does. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. <laughs> Thank you, Racky family. And today we come and also light the center one, which is representative of Christ. We're going to see how well I do at lighting the candle now. I found the problem, though. Somebody keeps turning the volume down on this thing, so there we go. I tell you, we come today and celebrate his birth. Amen, church? Amen. And today we do, I want to talk to you about peace, the peace of Christ. I tell you, one of the greatest gifts, you know, the list could go on about salvation and redemption, but how many of you just are so excited that the peace of Christ is there with you? Now, we might take that for granted, but when you're in a difficult time, you want to know that the peace of Christ is there, and it's available to you because as we light the candle today, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we celebrate the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. Amen? Amen? Amen. He is the light of the world. And so what I want to do is, is I'm going to read to you from the book of Luke. And this is just another version that, you know, when you look at the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each of them tell the story a little bit differently about the birth of Jesus. And I want to talk to you today about the peace of God. How, how can we have this kind of a peace? My challenge to you today is making room for the peace of God. If you're here today and you got a bulletin on your way in, you can follow along with us on a few scriptures. If you're joining us 
at, at home online, which I know many are doing this morning. We say Merry Christmas to you as well. And I, I read to you from the book of Luke, <clears throat> chapter 2. And it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news and great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. <clears throat> and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, here it is, peace. He says, I give you peace. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, we hit on this a little bit last night. Many times we hear people say, you know, um, uh, on earth, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But the Bible actually has a little bit more to that, that scripture when, where it says, uh, peace be with those with whom the Lord is pleased. And one night, the shepherds were doing their job as they always did every single day. They were tending to the sheep, they were taking care of business, and suddenly, out of nowhere, appears this lit up sky in the nighttime. And they gave the shepherds a glorious message that the Savior, the Christ child, was to be born. Right there in verses 10 and 11, it says that the angels had to reassure them, don't be afraid. Are you afraid of anything this Christmas? He says, the peace of God covers that. Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news and I bring you a great joy to all people, not some people, not just the people who have money or the people that don't or the people who are employed or the people who aren't. He said to all people, he said, I bring great news that a Savior is being born, the Messiah. And then it goes on to say, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. The shepherds, when they were out in the field <clears throat> and they were doing things, they kind of had a routine just like you and I do. They, they had a little bit of an expectation of what the night was going to look like, and all of a sudden, it got interrupted. It got disturbed. All of a sudden, the night sky lit up. Angels started to show up, and it says that the shepherds were afraid. You would be too, wouldn't you, if you were at work, and all of a sudden, the night sky lights up, and angels show up and start talking to you? You know, it kind of scare you. It kind of rock your boat a little bit. And so they showed up in the middle of their workplace, and the angel said, don't be afraid, the Savior is born today in Bethlehem, and he shall be known as one of the many names that, he, you know, he's the King of Kings. Can we agree on that? Lord of Lords. But it says he's also the Prince of Peace. It says he's the Prince of Peace. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm really, I really love to hear, I, I'm needing to hear that right now. I need to know that he's the Prince of Peace. Now, there's some people here today that are, are wired like I am. You want peace at all costs, you know. I just want calm in life. I want everything. No, don't cause any waves. And then there's others who aren't necessarily wired that way. But that's not just talking about, that's not the, just the kind of peace he's talking about. He's not just talking about a peace in the middle of, of this particular circumstance. He says, in all things at all times. He says, I'm the Prince of Peace. And if your world is chaotic right now, Jesus says that <clears throat> I bring peace to you. I bring peace on earth. And it's a reminder to us, especially at this time of year, when we expect sometimes the least amount of peace, right? We're busy going here and we're doing the shopping. I, I don't know about you, but 
I had to do a couple last minute things at the you know, last moment. I saw a post, oh, what did it say? I don't know. It was, uh, if you're out shopping at the last minute and people are irritating you, don't get mad that you waited till Mary's water to break to go Christmas shopping, right? <clears throat> and, um, and when I'm out there, people, uh, isn't it true at this time of year, people are just, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the right word is what I'm fishing for, but the only word I can come up with is just rude, right? You know, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, get your card out of my way, <laughs> you know, and everyone's doing their last minute shopping and that, and, and it can get kind of uh, chaotic out there. I want us to discover the peace that, that the Word of God is talking about. How can I make sure, how can we make sure that we're walking in this peace that was promised to us simply because Jesus came? He's, he's here today. And we celebrate his, his birth. And he says he comes as the Prince of Peace. So no matter what you go through, anybody here ever go through a chaotic moment? Well, we can all raise our hand. Anybody ever have a difficult time? You ever have, have that moment in life where it seems like the wheels are just falling off and, and you don't know what to do? He says, even in those moments, I'm the Prince of Peace. I remember, uh, you know, we're, we're very mission-minded here. It's part of the DNA of, of who we are, and, and as I think it should be. But I probably think that because, you know, I grew up in that. And we always talk a lot about missions and about there's goers and there's senders. You guys are very familiar with my wife is a goer and, and I'm a sender, right? Not that I won't ever go on one, but that's just kind of the way we roll. And Lisa has gone on a number of trips, and uh, one of her particular trips was to Brazil. And while she was in Brazil, they were getting ready to come home. And, you know, it's not just like, it's different when you're out in a different country. And um, I was at home with the kids. The kids were young. And we had our normal routine. And, you know, we're just doing whatever. And I remember being in, in, in uh, our bedroom. I don't know what I was doing, but just walking around. Things are going good. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call from Lisa. And Lisa calls me and says, hey, babe, I'm in Brazil right now. And I'm like, well, I, I knew that, you know. And she says, but what you don't know is, is we're in the airport right now and we're trying to get home. And she says, and something's going on. We don't know what's happening. But all of a sudden, the planes aren't going out. There's chaos outside. There's soldiers inside walking around with AK-47s. And we don't know what to do. Will you please pray? How many of you know that I was not experiencing peace at that moment? <clears throat> Now, obviously, they weren't either, but my point is, is I was simply going about my business, and I was going through my routine, and I was going through my day, and things were going well, and then I get a phone call from my wife in another country, soldiers, machine guns, that's all I heard, okay? And all of a sudden, it's peace no longer, and she says, we don't know what to do, but we just want you, you know, please pray, please pray. So I did what, what was asked of me, and it wasn't just prayer that was submitted because my wife asked me to, though that's reason enough, but it was me going, not just uh, throwing up a prayer, but it was going to the source. It was going to the source of what peace is all about, the source of peace in the midst of a crazy world. You see, when your world goes crazy, you need to go to the one who is the prince of peace, not just one who can calm down your situation or you can feel better about what's going on in your life or right, can't we just all get along? It's about going to the source of peace in this crazy world. And we have to understand it's a very simple principle, but sometimes we forget it. We must understand that the moment we leave a peaceful place, 
doesn't exact doesn't mean that we've uh, doesn't act, it doesn't mean that we've actually left the place of peace. Let me say that again. When when you're going through a chaotic situation and you feel like you've left a peaceful moment, you have not left the person of peace, the one who is the prince of peace, because peace is a person. Peace is not a place. Peace is not just an emotion. Peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So I want to give you just three observations about this peace that God gives. And here's number one, if you'll write it down. Peace is personal because peace is the person of Jesus. If peace is really the person of Jesus, that means um, it's for all of us who know the person of Jesus Christ. So if we want our peace back, then what we must do is go back to the source. If you're saying this morning, I want to experience some peace in my life, then you got to do, what you've got to do is go back to the person of Jesus Christ. Not just about an emotion or a feel-good moment. Because whenever you're watching uh, from Emmanuel, Emmanuel means God with us, right? Emmanuel is God with us. It's literally everywhere. He's saying, I promised you peace. I'm with you. God is with you. And the way to make room for peace is by focusing on Him, focusing on the source. So if you're in turmoil today, or if you're in a bit of chaos in your life, and you feel like you might just be losing your mind just a little bit, I want to encourage you to get back to not just the place of peace, but get back to the person. Get back to the personal space of being in the presence of Jesus Christ. Because when we talk about peace in the Bible, it's not just an emotion. Peace is not just a feeling. Peace is a person. Amen? It is a person. Jesus came all the way from heaven to bring peace into the earth, into all of our circumstances. In the book of Ephesians, Paul takes some time and talks to us about what was said about peace. Let me read this to you. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, uh, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups uh, one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. And it says his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came, it says Jesus came, he came and preached, guess what? Peace. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. You may be here today and this could be your first time at, at, at church, or, or maybe this is your first time, you know, you're, you're tuning in and you're watching online in your very own homes. I have good news for you today, and that's simply this, that the peace that Jesus is offering is here for the taking. It's for you. It's for me. He came and he preached peace. Did you catch that in verse 17? He actually came and preached ver- uh, about peace. This is, this is what the angels are proclaiming. He says that no matter what you're going through in your life, he says it's the peace of God. In a moment, we're going to celebrate communion. And I want you to think about this when we think about the person of Jesus Christ. 
Is peace just something you look for? Is it just a location you're trying to arrive at? Or are you seeking the person of Jesus Christ, that the peace that's found in the person? Because when we take of the juice and we take of the cup, we, that's what we're doing in remembrance. We're saying, Jesus, we're coming to you. And we want it to be personal. We want, it, we want to celebrate you in that intimate act because this world, in this world, you will have tribulation. Can we all say amen to that one, right? It's crazy, but in the midst of the craziness, Jesus shows up. It was a number of years ago, maybe about, I'm going to guess around 10 years ago, and I, and I kind of alluded to this story before in some messages, but uh, we had one of those seasons where the weekend was just chaos. Uh, it was maybe a week, and I think it was around the holiday. I can't really remember, but um, it, it was one of those things where it seems like everything you touch falls apart. You know what I mean? You know, no matter how hard you try to make something better, it gets worse. And we came home and found, I, I think there was uh, a, a leak in, in the basement somewhere that had to do with uh, carbon monoxide. And so we had a problem with the chimney. So, you know, you can't hang around carbon monoxide. That's not good. And uh, so we had a chimney guy there, and he made a mess. And so I'm going to buy a shop back so we can clean up the mess. And, and uh, I, I just remember it affecting the whole family. I don't, I don't remember every situation, but I remember just... Seth going through a difficult time. At the same time, Drea was going through a difficult time. Lisa was going through a difficult time. I had my own personal thing. And we were just one big old happy family. Right? You know, you were just, it's, it's one of those moments where you're just like, can we just make it through the day? You ever have days when you wake up and you say, I just want to make it to the evening so I can go back to bed? You know, it's just, you know, you're just struggling in your mind. I wish there was some peace. I wish there was some calm. And I was on my way to Home Depot. I bought the shop back. I was heading back and I was on the phone calling Lisa. I think I got voicemail and I was in the middle of leaving her a message when the traffic was backed up. There was an accident up ahead. And I thought, oh, good grief. Somebody got in a car accident, you know, hope they're okay. But to my surprise, as I approached, I recognized the car accident and it was my daughter. And it was her car. And how many of you know that when you see something like that, it, it just, your, your stomach just drops out, right? And you're wondering if everything's okay. And I remember her standing in the middle of the road on her telephone. <clears throat> but here's what I remember more than anything else. Um, of course, I remember the panic. Of course, I remember the, I was going back and forth, you know, about uh, from peace to panic, back and forth. And I see her standing in the road on her phone. And she looked as my truck started to approach, and I could read her lips. And she said this, there's my dad. There's my dad. And though she was panicking and didn't know, every, well, I don't know if she was panicking, but you know, she, when you get in a car accident, you don't know everything that's going on. Adrenaline hits you and everything's going on. And of course, everything stopped. I get out of my truck. We jump out. I call Lisa right away and say, get to this place. This is where we're at. And it was in the middle of all of the chaos that I remember just looking at her and she said, there's my dad. And I couldn't help but think about how many times in my life that I've been going down the road only to find myself in a similar accident, some chaos in my life. Do you know what brings joy to the Lord more than anything else? It's when you call upon him and you say, there's my dad. There's my, I, I don't care what you're going through. Our Father God has everything possible at, at our disposal to lead us through whatever it is that's going on in our life. You know, I would love to tell you that when I got out of the truck, just because me as a physical dad showed up, everything was perfect. But we started to work through things, right? 
You know, you still had to get the car fixed. We still had to go to the hospital, get things checked out. We still had to go home and finish cleaning up the mess that was there. But I'll tell you this, when you're walking through a personal trial, when you're going through life and you feel like the wheels are falling off, I want you to know that the Prince of Peace is here at your disposal. He says, my peace I give to you. I give it to you. But it's a personal thing. He says, I want it to be a personal walk that you experience in your life. Like I said, I wish I could tell you that everything got better the moment I got out of the truck and, 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 and tried to take care of things. But I was toggling between, between peace and panic. You know, I'm peaceful because she's walking, she's talking, but does she know what she's doing? You know, hey, I, did, did she hit her head? And all that? I'm going back and forth. But when the peace of God shows up, you can take it to the bank that you're on a firm foundation. I learned that what became my anchor was not the emotion of peace, but it was the person of peace. And that's the same peace God gives to you and to me every single day. If peace is not an emotion, but peace is a person, then, then you and I can have a peace even when we're walking through the most disturbing times of our, our lives. Well, pastor, how can I have that kind of a peace? Number two, write this down. It's when you and I make room for peace through participation with God's plan for redemption. The key word there is participation. He wants us to participate with Him. You see, this is not a passive thing. There's a, a plan of redemption that was enacted with the birth of Jesus Christ, and ultimately it was fulfilled through His death and His his burial, and his resurrection. And I find it interesting that the angels prophesied peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But like I said, we read it the, the, the opposite And when you look at the scripture. Because what happened is, is in Matthew chapter 2, it says Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about this time, some wise men showed up in the Eastlands and arrived in Jerusalem asking, where's the newborn king? The newborn king of the Jews. We saw his star. We've come to worship him. And Herod was greatly troubled. Jesus says when, pre, when peace shows up, he says then all of a sudden what you will experience is peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But here we have Herod who's greatly disturbed and everyone with him. It's an interesting reaction. Understand this though, that Herod in the Bible, uh, I don't think I've mentioned this in the last couple messages, but Herod was historically, he was, he was paranoid. I mean, historically, he was what they would call insane. He, he killed anybody that was remotely a threat to his throne, including his own family members. So when the wise men and the kings show up and tell him that there's a new king of kings, Herod's not happy. He's not happy at all. In fact, he was deeply disturbed. And I thought, peace on earth. Peace on earth. Everybody, everybody seems to be bothered here in Herod's realm. And, and when you look at the word... Uh, disturbed, it just means, as I've said before, greatly distressed, greatly troubled. There's some inward commotion that's taking place. You're disquieted. That, that's how you know you're, a, you're far from peace, right? How many of you know that, as I've said already, peace is not an emotion, but when you find the peace of God, that means when your world's falling apart, but you're doing everything you can to line up with Jesus Christ, you can be peaceful in the middle of the biggest mess because you know it's no longer about you. It's about Him. That's the peace of God. And so, that's not what they're experiencing here. Herod's greatly disturbed. He's going back and forth. He's vacillating between, between the two. And whenever Jesus shows up, 
what happens is a, is a response is demanded. And you and I have the option. We can either become agitated and say we're disturbed, or we can receive the peace that God gives to us and experience that deliverance. Here's the key <clears throat> to, to the peace. You say, Pastor, I want to have that kind of peace where it's personal, it's not just emotional. Then the key is going to be this. You have to participate by surrendering. You have to surrender. We were in Bible college at Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas. I've never lived anywhere else. I grew up in Clinton. So I'm kind of naive when it comes to bigger cities, or at least I was at the time. And I was getting ready to go to work one day, and I, I walk out to my car, and out from behind the dumpster comes a guy with a, a bandana, and he has a mask, you know, like the old cartoons or whatever. He has a bandana, and he shows me a gun that he has tucked in his waistpants, and he says, give me your money. How many of you know that when you see a man with a gun, you don't argue about surrendering, you just do it, Right? But, you know, like I said, I was a little naive. So when I see this guy, I'm like, who is this guy, you know? Maybe they just dress differently in Dallas, you know? I don't know how this is going. And, and then it dawns on me, wait a minute, he's robbing me. He's robbing me. And I only have $3. I'm going to get shot because I'm so broke. And so I pulled out my, I, I offered him everything, folks. I offered him everything. I'm like, dude, I only have $3. And he looked at me like, come on, man. And I'm like, don't you know better than to rob Bible college students? You know, we don't, we don't have money. I'm like, here, here's my car keys. And I pulled out my car keys. Here's my wallet. The cards don't work at all, but feel free to take them, okay? You know, I'm handing him everything. I guess that's all I have. And he's like, give me the $3. And he left. And I couldn't believe it. I got robbed. You know, I think he went back to his little gang or his little posse and said, y'all, we need to take an offering for these Bible college students because they're broker than we are, man. You know, but my point is simply this. When he showed me the gun, guess what I did? I didn't wait. I didn't pray about it. We didn't call a council meeting. We didn't do any of that, all right? I surrendered. Why is it then when something like that happens, we can surrender quickly, but when Jesus shows up and speaks, we go, oh, I don't know about that. Hold on. Let me think about that. Now, you see, what he's calling for, if you want to experience the peace that God gives, then you and I must surrender. We must surrender. It's the key. If we want to be on the side of peace at the arrival of Jesus in whatever situation in our life, we must surrender. That's how we participate. We say, God, what do you have to say? And then when God speaks, we participate. We walk in agreement with. We obey whatever it is that God says. I would love to tell you today that when I'm seeking the peace of God and I ask God what he has to say and he tells me, I'd love to tell you I always agree with God. But sometimes I don't like what he has to say. Sometimes I don't want to do what it is he tells me to do. How many of you know that doesn't change the mind of Christ? What he's looking for is not communication with me or conversation. He's looking for purely obedience. He's looking for surrender. He's looking for me to say that, Lord, wherever you go, I'm going to follow. And he says, as long as you do that, you'll always experience the peace of God when you participate with what it is that God is doing. Lastly, uh, if you'll write this down with me, when we're wanting to experience that peace. The way that we can do that now is, number three, make room for peace by paying attention to what Jesus is doing right now. Pay attention to what Jesus is doing right now. Not, not just what he's done in the past. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get so caught up in, but I, what about tomorrow? What is it that he's doing right now? that you can give God thanks for, that you can say, Lord, I'm thankful as we walk in this. Sometimes we get distracted by our false images that 
everything has to be perfect, everything has to be pristine, everything has to just be so on spot, decorated for Christmas. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you shouldn't decorate, but I'm saying that when you get caught up in how perfect life has to be, we can miss out on, on the actual gift of peace that God has for us. I want to give you freedom this year to have a messy Christmas, okay? You know what I mean by that? I want you to feel free. To, if everything's not perfect, if everything's not lining up, don't miss the gift that God has given, the great peace that he gives to you and to me. Don't miss your family in the middle of everything that is going on in your life. Many things may be pulling your attention here and there, and you feel like there's just no room for Jesus, but we've got to slow down and stop and surrender. Say, Lord, what are you doing right now? Do you know who else was having difficult paying attention to Jesus? <laughs> it was the Holy Family. Uh, let me fast forward a little bit. When Jesus was a little bit older, uh, it says in the Bible that, that what they were doing is, is uh, do you remember when the family went to the temple and they were going back home and Jesus stayed at the temple? Remember that? It says in Luke chapter 2, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. And after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and their friends. Now, you've got to remember, their travel then was a lot different than it is today, okay? They didn't have rent-a-cars. They didn't have limousine services. They didn't have airplanes. They didn't have trains. It was all done by animal, and Jesus stays behind. I'm not trying to say Mary and Joseph weren't paying attention, but, but in some regards, they weren't. They didn't know he was missing till that evening. You know, peace is purposeful. It's not passive. Joseph and Mary started home to Nazareth after the Passover festival, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And his parents, it says, didn't miss him at first. You know, I say this often, but uh, when I get to this point in Scripture, um, when I was a kid, I got left at stores all the time. Anybody else out there? You know, I'm going back to the 70s and the 80s. I'm talking some of the big name stores, you know, Kmart, Target, Paul's, Eagles. I was on a first name basis with the lady at the front, the microphone, you know. And, you know, I remember the first time I got left behind at a store, I walked up crying. Yeah, I don't know where my mom and my dad are. And they'd call on the microphone. Would, Jim and Sharon Machen, will you please come get your crying kid? They come up and get me. But then there were some times when my parents actually left the store without me. And after a while, when I'd make that journey up to the counter, they'd see me 20 yards off. And they'd know what's up. They'd start calling right away because they knew his parents forgot him again. I've been forgotten at some of the best of stores. And I'm a firm believer today that I still have brothers and sisters out there that are waiting to be picked up at the store. If you're watching online, please come home. Now I pick on my mom and my dad about that. But there had to be some point where they just weren't paying attention or they forgot. And I'm not throwing rocks at them because I've forgotten things too. Not my kids, but things. <laughs> We all have moments where we miss the mark. 
But when you and I come to this place of surrender, and we're talking about peace, peace is purposeful. It's not passive. Here's, here's what I'm, I'm trying to get at. Ha, have you ever been assuming that because you're doing traditions and singing carols, coming to church, you're so focused on the doing that you forget about just simply being. It, you're so in tune with what's got to happen after this service is over in this evening, what's going on, and all of your plans. I don't want you to miss just simply being in the presence of Jesus this morning. That's why we come and worship. That's why we come and celebrate. I don't want to find myself in the new year with my head spinning, wondering what happened to my relationship with Jesus. Peace, it's a person. Peace requires our participation. And that peace, it happens intentionally. When you draw near to Him, He draws near to you. When you seek Him for yourself, He then reveals to you because the Bible says He is well pleased and you will have peace on earth and there will be goodwill toward men. I don't, I don't know what you've been walking through. I wouldn't try to pretend to know. But the peace of God is here for you because Jesus is here. You can cast all of your cares on Him if you know Him personally because He's a person and His name is Jesus. Church family, I pray that you have a Merry Christmas and that the person of Christ gives you peace not only for Christmas, but throughout the rest of this year, and that it would catapult you into next year. Paige reminded us um, that we won't be having in-person services next week. We're doing a bit of a facelift on the stage, and so we need some extra days for that. And so we will see you the second Sunday in January in person. If you'll stand with us this morning, we'll do our final closing prayer of 2022. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. And Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. Amen. Amen. Bless you. We love you.